Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1.3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1.3, we just read, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Peter calls his readers to bless the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. No longer the God of Israel, no longer the God of Abraham, though he certainly is. This is not a different God. We're not talking about a different God here. But if we've seen God's promise in Abraham, and if we've seen God's power in Israel, and if we have seen God's presence in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we see the fullness of God's promise in the Lord Jesus Christ, and and the ultimate perfection of God's power in the Lord Jesus Christ, and the abiding presence of God in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thus we bless the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Now, remember, Peter is speaking to people who've known the hostile treatment of the world. Can you imagine that he might be speaking to those who've been battered by ungodly masters? These people who know the day in and day out struggles of life and godliness? MacArthur said this, instead of starting out by saying, I want to give you sympathy and I understand your plight and a kind of woe is me approach, he starts out right away by calling believers to praise God. So can I just think about this for a minute? Can I ask you, do you praise God regularly? Do you bless God In the times of your suffering and heartache, do do you speak well of God? Do you praise Him? Praise Him not on an occasion, you know, not just exclaiming the worthiness of God in times of plenty or when you think things are going your way, but do you praise Him when you hurt? Do you bless God? Well, in order to rightly answer that question, you also have to be able to answer the question, what do you mean? What does it mean to praise God? What, what does it mean to bless the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ? I don't want to hurry this this morning. I, I don't want to hurry this and just think, oh, everybody knows what it means to bless God. Everybody knows what it means to praise God. I remember as a young boy, and I shared this with you before, my grandfather told me this. He said, whenever... He would, he'd have a hammer and he'd say, if he, and he'd always have a blood blister in his thumb. And he'd say, you see that? I said, yeah. He goes, whenever you hit your thumb with a hammer, you say, praise the Lord. And I say, okay. And, but he was doing that because he said, I don't want to say a bad word, so I'll just say that. I'm teaching my grandson, say, Harvey, say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, right? That sounds great. But what does it mean? I want us to know Brothers and sisters, I want to know. I, I want to know intimately what it means to bless God. I want to know what it means to praise God. I want to know how, how, how can I bless the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ? I think we've grown cold to that. There's a bit of apathetic, unemotional half-heartedness in what passes for praise today. This, um, and there's a bit of manufacturedness because we think we got to have mood music and a smoke machine and lights and 
Wait until the little hairs stand in the back of our necks and then we think we're praising God. Blessing God isn't like when we refer to God blessing us because when he blesses us, he's giving us something. But we're not giving God anything. We're not giving God something as if he were dependent on us, as if he were, as if he were saying, if you don't do this, it's not going to happen. When we bless God, we are recognizing something in or about God which is worthy of being exalted. We are speaking well of God. And so what I want to do today is, is, this, is give you an introduction to the text and the sermon that will come next week. This week is the introduction. Next week is the sermon. All right? Next week is why... Bless God. Today is how. Okay? So let me tell you 90 ways. No, nine ways to bless. Nobody was listening for a second. Nine ways to bless God. Nine ways to praise God. First of all, praise Him not in, but praise Him with your sorrow. Praise Him with your sorrow. Praise Him with your lament. Often the very way in which we praise the Lord, we bless God, involves actually, listen to this friends, actually expressing our deep sorrow and our hurt before the Lord. I'm not saying to deny it, to say, oh, I'm okay, or somehow ignore the presence of your grief or your hurt or your sorry sorrow. You see, to praise the Lord doesn't mean we deny that. We deny hurt. We deny pain. We deny grief. To praise the Lord means that we freely express. You praise God by expressing the reality of your affliction. The, the, the hymn writer got this when he said, are you weary? Are you heavy hearted? What did he say? Tell it to Jesus, right? Are you grieving over joys departed? Tell it to Jesus. Do the tears flow down your cheeks unbidden? Tell it to Jesus. Have you sins that two men's eyes are hidden? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. He's a friend that's well known. You've no other such a friend or brother. Tell it to Jesus. That's what you do. That's how you praise God. Probably a third of the Psalms could be characterized is containing some sort of lament, some sort of expression of sorrow before the Lord, like Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long? Can you feel feel that? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all, uh, all day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Friends, if you want to bless God, Don't try to ignore your sorrow and your grief and your hurt and your pain. Actually express it to God. Because God intends sorrow to direct us to the heart of God. He intends sorrow actually to take our eyes off of himself. Listen to what what one man said. He said, laments help us through suffering by directing our hearts to make the choice, often daily, to trust in God's purposes that are hidden behind the pain. 
In this way, laments are some of the most theologically informed activities of the Christian life. Laments lead us through our sorrows so that we can trust God and praise him. So I was asking myself this week, if I had a sorrow or grief, how might I, with that sorrow, bless God? Here's what I wrote. Oh, Heavenly Father, my heart is broken because my loved ones have denied you. But I have made my trust in you. You are the God of all grace and mercy. And I can rejoice because I know that you only ever do what is right. I can trust you and know that you know these thoughts and you see the anguish of my heart. I have resolved to trust you even now, Holy Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Use sorrow to bless God. Secondly, bless him or praise him with song and music, with your singing. It is good, the psalmist says in Psalm 92, it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to praise his name most high, to sing about his love in the morning and his faithfulness every night. Friends, you want to bless God, then you better sing. I sounded like I was angry when I said that, but I wasn't angry. You, but, but you better. I was really happy when I said that, actually. Praise the Lord with frequent singing, both privately and publicly. Sing, sing to the, sing as I said earlier, sing your guts out to the glory of God when you're driving down the road. People already know you're weird. They'll just, it'll just confirm it. I got pulled over when I was younger. I got pulled over and, and, and he, and he said, do you know why I pulled you over? And I said, I have no idea. He said, you were going too slow. What's going on? I said, I'm sorry. I'm just in here praising God. (laughs) And he said, well, okay. (laughs) Have a nice night. Had no idea what to do. And then gather together and sing regularly with the saints and sing gustily to the Lord as you magnify his name. Something happens when saints gather together, right? Something happens when saints gather together and your spirit is lifted to the Lord. That's how you bless him. Bless him with singing, singing, singing. Listen, take one of these hymnals. We've got 500 of them. Just grab one, take it home and sing. Not everybody, not every person. One a family. I'll watch that one. Take one of these. Just take it home with you and start singing. Get up in the morning and open it up and, and start singing something. I don't have my glass. Because he lives. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. Start singing. Because he lives. I can face this day. Praise be to God. Praise him thirdly with your oft repeat, repeated testimony. Praise him with your oft repeated testimony. Psalm 66, 16. I'm not going to be able to read all of these just because of time. I do want to finish this today, but just listen to Psalm 66. Come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. (laughs) That's a great invitation. You ought to put that on an invitation. Invite people to your house for cheesecake and tell them, come You can have cheesecake, but I'm going to tell you, if you fear God, I'm going to tell you all that he's done for me. So invite people over to your house and then 
As they're eating their cheesecake, you sit down and tell them all that God has done for you. Do it. You want to bless God? Don't just say, I'm going to bless the Lord. I want to know how to do it. Tell people your testimony. Tell, you, tell people that he found you. Tell people that he has done a good work in you and you are trusting him to complete it in the day of Jesus Christ. Tell God what he has done. Explain the beauty of the gospel. Explain the wonder of his grace. Just tell them. Tell them. Number next, whatever this one is, praise him with his word. Praise him with his word. The Bible says in Psalm 56.10, In God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Declare God's word back to him. It's in the Bible that we find this, his truth and how sweet it is for the child of God early one morning on his knees with an open Bible reading back to him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. and Do not lean on your own understandings. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. And you take that before the Lord and tell, speak well of him in that private time. Memorize the word, meditate on the word so that it is always on your mind and in your heart and on your lips. Day and night, the truth of the scriptures is to uh, be on your mind and heart. You will find your heart lifted to praise. Praise him by serving. Praise him by serving. Peter talks about this and we'll get to this one day in, in 1 Peter chapter 4. But he talks about the end of everything being at hand. And then he says this. As each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Your spiritual gift is given to you to serve Christ by serving his church. So see your life as an opportunity for service. When, when, you, when you can serve the Lord... By serving others, do not fail to do that as an act of praise. So I just thought about this. Whether you're sweeping the floor, teaching a class, changing a diaper, encouraging a friend, cleaning a house, writing a card, visiting the sick, hosting a meal, or giving a donation, do those things with a very clear reason why you're doing it. Maybe there'll be a verse of Scripture. In your mind, a song of praise that's resonating on your heart. You're just walking back and forth. If you're sweeping the gym floor, you're walking back and forth thinking about God and his worth. And maybe in your heart you're saying, Lord, this isn't much, but I'm doing this for you. I'm just offering this to you, O Father, as a sacrifice of praise. Can you imagine the joy that would flood the souls of people? I mean, you're making a meal for someone and you're singing, Great is thy faithfulness. Oh God, my Father, right? You're singing these things. You're just exalting God. That's how you bless God. In serving. Bless God next in suffering. Suffering is a huge, a huge theme in the book of 1 Peter. If you want to bless God, see your life as a drink offering being poured out unto the Lord. Like happily. Just a drink offering poured out 
is gone. Even your suffering, dear friend, even your pain, the pain that can be used, your pain can be used to magnify the Lord your God. Learn to cry. And when you cry, cry greatly and grieve before the Lord, but do so before the Lord. Do so as if you're coming to a king who actually desires to hear your voice. What a privilege it is to serve the Lord even in suffering, to lay down our lives as a sacrifice of praise. Maybe he saved you. You say often, you wonder, what about your suffering? Some of you, I know, I know, brothers and sisters, I know you suffer. Some of you suffer great physically. Some of you are going through difficult, deep, dark valleys in your life right now, and we always wonder why. Well, listen. Turn, do what the song said. Turn your eyes to Jesus. Perhaps he saved you in order to demonstrate his mercy and grace that is more sufficient for suffering saints. Would you submit yourself to that? The idea that God ordained this suffering to show something about himself? Would you submit to that? That submission is praise. Maybe the only reason he saved you is to tell the world about his loveliness and and sufficiency in the midst of suffering. So he has ordained your sickness. He has ordained your persecution. He has ordained your heartache to show something not about you, but about himself. I think that's where we get it wrong in America because we look at suffering and say, well, God's showing how strong I really am. The Greek word for that is baloney. (laughs) What are you talking? How strong you are. I don't care how strong you are. I want to know how strong he is. Psalm 69, 29. I am afflicted and in pain. Let your salvation, O God, set me on high. Next, praise him with ready words. Praise him with ready words in The writer of Hebrews says something like this in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice to pray, a a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Always have on the tip of your tongue a word that somehow addresses the character of God so that you're always ready to speak well of him. You're always ready to speak well of him. Keep it on your tongue. Train your tongue. Feed your mind. Feed your heart. Not with garbage of self-sufficiency and self-focus, but feed your mind with a steady diet of truth about God so that when time comes, you can speak well of him with your mouth. Your mouth is just bursting in praise. That's how you praise him, with ready words, whatever it is. Somebody sees you getting gas at Turkey Hill. Hey, how you doing today? And immediately your mouth can just spew forth good words about God. This is giving thanks to him. Praise him silently with your thoughts. I, I, we could go on so much longer, but I want to tell you just this one and then one more, I think. Uh, Praise the Lord with your silent thoughts. Praise the Lord with your silent thoughts. What, 
This is the idea of contemplation, meditating on the truth. You go to bed at night and you've, you've just grasped onto some truth about God and you go to bed that night sleeping on that truth in your thought, in your mind. You're just mulling that over. I'm trying to do this more. I don't know. I, I have this you know, strange disease that my wife will ask me, what are you thinking about? And I say, nothing. And... I'm trying to get it in my mind. I want to think about some truth about God. So that tomorrow morning when she asks me, we're having coffee, and I say, she says, what are you thinking about? And I'll say, I am thinking about the mercy of God, the patience of God, the loving kindness of God, or whatever it might be. This is just ready with my silent thoughts. And then lastly, and this is what we see throughout the Psalms. Praise him with joyful words and acts. I mean, you see about clapping your hands, right? Loud shouts of praise. This is where my friends in Uganda have got it. They just got it. Man, when they're happy, you know it. Let the reality of the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ transcend circumstances and situations so that you respond with joy both in your words and in your acts. We're so little, so often little moved to joy. I don't know why that is. There are moments like the birth of a child when there's just sheer joy. I I remember those days. I was thinking the other day when Kara was born and she was born with a, by C-section, and, and I just remember the overwhelming joy. I remember two things, the overwhelming joy, and I also remember the nurse saying, are you okay? Someone get him a chair, you know, and I was going down, right? But I, just the sheer joy, and, and you couldn't help but to just, you saw it. You just saw it everywhere. Everything, was, uh, you could just see sheer joy. Why is it not like that when we consider blessing God? And I'm not talking about, you know, ignoring pain or grief. I'm not talking about always having to have a smile. or the. I'm talking about a deep-seated contentment. Praise Him with joyful words and acts. Wow. Hmm. Amen. Peter is saying this to these readers. They're suffering. You know what he says? Praise the Lord. That's what he says. He's leading them in this. He's exemplifying. He's directing their attention to God instead of themselves. And that's what we need in the church. We need him, not us. That's the introduction to the sermon. That's the how to praise and why next week. Why do we praise Him? Well, because of our relationship to our Heavenly Father. Because of our reservation in heaven. I'm I'm sorry, because of our regeneration to hope and because of our reservation in heaven. Our relationship to our Heavenly Father, our regeneration to hope, and our reservation in heaven. Those are the reasons. But there's a whole lot more, so make sure you still come next week. I wonder if you could hear this today. And not just simply let it run off your back. We hear this so often. We hear so often, bless the Lord, praise the Lord. But we so seldom go out and obey. 
Can I ask you, dear friends, how will you obey the biblical call to bless the Lord your God, to heap praise on Him, to exalt Him? Let me ask it this way. As a result of today, what sin will you forsake? Write it down. I'm going to forsake this sin. What sin? What thoughts will you decide to think? What words do you decide to say? What songs are you going to sing? What acts are you going to practice? You say, but, but I can't. I mean, my praise is so puny compared to the magnitude of, of, of the grace of God. Listen to what one commentator said, Robert Layton. He said this. What are our lame praises in comparison with his love? Nothing. And less than nothing. But love will stammer rather than be dumb. You say, well, my praise is, what is it's nothing compared to the greatness of God. I mean, look, I'm just a peon. I'm puny nothing. And, and, and Leighton would say, yeah, that's right. You're nothing. But love stammers instead of silent. It, it will we'll stammer on, will stutter on instead of being silent. What I'm saying is, praise him because you love him. Amen? Let's pray together. So just these few moments, O oh Lord, that we've had now to consider... Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray, O oh God, that you would make us good blessers today. You'll make us good praisers. That this would just not, we wouldn't just sit there, hear this, and just go out unchanged, but that there might be a, a thought stirred in our heart and mind. A, a song on our lips, an act in our, in our, in our body that we, we would use as a tool, use as a, an instrument of praise. Help us to sound that well until the day you call us home because your mercy overwhelms us. We praise you in Jesus' name and together all God's people said, amen. Would you stand together?